A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Google employees think BART is trash and you simply can't trust it even if its tongue came notarized. Meta will soon start doling out payments from the $725 million Cambridge Analytica settlement where it sold data on 87 million Facebook users. The Supreme Court of the United States will decide if public officials blocking users on social media is an affront to free speech rights. And WhatsApp, Telegram, Signal and other companies are worried that the UK's online safety bill could undermine end-to-end encryption. We got all this and more for you in episode 80 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly is your girl, Tech Lifestyle. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. my favorite season of the year is here. Like right in between spring, when the pollen is gone, when the rain is kind of subsiding, when the cloudy days go away. But... It's not so hot to where I'm sitting there baking. So as I call this post spring season. So uh, shout out to that. That's my favorite, favorite season. It's not too the hot. Pollen, the pollen is gone. The pollen's gone in Atlanta. Yeah, for the most part. Because well, I mean, it's not gone. Yeah, it's not gone here. Oh my God. And, like and your my girl car text. is light green all the <laughs> <It's>, time. <laughs> yeah, that season for us has passed uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. And now if you ain't cleaned up, you know, I still got to. I have to uh, power wash my the front of my house and my porch because that's still kind of I can still see the pollen dust. And as far as the active stuff coming off the trees, no, we have a car that we park under a tree. And my indication of whether or not the pollen is gone as to whether or not how fast it comes back after sitting it under that tree. So I'm looking at my car under parked under my tree. I don't see the pollen actively falling. So. We're getting into my favorite time of the year. I guess Memorial Day is I, I will say this. around that time. Your, your girl, Tech Savvy Diva, she actually put a post out today on Twitter that I had to reply back to. And, it, you know, y'all can go out there and look at her Twitter account and see what she said. But she was basically talking about the pollen. So I just sent her a picture of a gas mask because I understand where she's at because we are three weeks behind where you're saying you are. It, it is. I. If I get my, it makes no sense to get your car washed because by the time you get home, you literally can write your name in pollen on the windows. It's, it's that bad right now. So, and it's cool too. So it's just like, yeah, it's, it's just, eh. yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not quite done just yet. But y'all, before we get to our tech stories, I want to remind everyone because I was made aware by one of our patrons that didn't know we actually have a live stream and an after party. And they say, well, I became a patron, but I probably haven't logged into Patreon since then. So I wasn't necessarily getting updates and stuff like that from Patreon. So they said, but we didn't know. You guys don't really mention it that often on the show. So I want to make sure that I'm mentioning it on the show that we do have 
a live stream and an after party. And the way that you get access to those is by becoming a patron of ours. And any one of our tiers, we have three tiers over on Patreon. Any one of them gets you access to our live stream and our after party that we do immediately following the show. So just head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. That is the tech J A W N. So with that, let's get into our tech stories. Uh, Terrence, I know this one is yours. I think I was reading the same article you were reading right when you posted it in there. Cause I was going to stick this in there, but Google employees think Bard is trash. This is a problem for Google in my opinion, but why don't you go ahead and tell us about what's going on with Google? Well, you said it, um, bar, they, you know, in a, in a, in a last ditch effort, I guess, to keep up with Microsoft and open AI and all these other popular tech companies, Google had to make sure, let the record show that they also are working on AI. And what, two months ago, maybe a little bit longer, they, uh, launched their Bard AI, which is similar to like what we're familiar with seeing right now, but that, Effort to launch Bard was, did not come smooth for Google as, like I said, The Verge uh, indicates a report from Bloomberg saying that discussions with 18 current and former Google workers, as well as screenshots of internal messages, these internal discussions, one particular noted how bad Bard would frequently give users dangerous advice, whether on topics like how to land a plane or scuba diving. Another employee said Bard is worse than useless. Please do not launch. Bloomberg says the company even overruled a risk evaluation submitted by the internal safety team saying the system was not ready for general root general use. Of course, <laughs> that ain't nothing, that ain't nothing but nothing but a plan for Google. So they opened up early access to experimental, the experimental bot back in March anyway. So the story goes on to talk about how Google sidelined ethical concerns. This comes after Timit Gebru, Gebru and Margaret Mitchell. They um, aired their grievances as it relates to exposing flaws in the AI language system. This is back in 2020 and 2021. Google was like, we ain't trying to hear that. So they kicked them right on out the door and moved forward. So I guess it looks like they are removing the cover from the, I don't want to call it botched, but the lackluster release of Bard AI. And it looks like this report just shows how Google is going to launch it anyway, whether it worked or not. So I just want to get y'all take on that. I think that Google is in a fight for its future when it comes to this, because Microsoft and open AI or, or in Microsoft particularly, they're they're dumping enormous amounts of money into this. They're building chips that OpenAI is already testing. Microsoft, OpenAI, they are really going after this. And why? Because, well, Microsoft, you know, we, we no one really uses their search engine, but they have one. And they're saying if we're going to change our fortune when it comes to search, if we can get down with this AI before Google does, then we need to be all in on it. And I think that the only thing you can say about Microsoft is that they are all in on this with working with their relationship with OpenAI, as well as building hardware specifically for AI to allow these uh, computers to do what these computers are doing. So from that standpoint, I think that Google is probably sweating 
Um, I think, Stephanie, you said last week, one of the reasons why you know, Sundar Pichai is saying, well, you need to slow this stuff down. The government needs to get involved in it, which we never hear a company say the government gets involved unless Stephanie and you said they're behind. <laughs> so um, this is problematic for Google because we have seen search engines swap places. Go- you know, Google kind of grabbed it and is held on to it. But, back, you know, we're all old enough to remember Yahoo. Yahoo was the thing back in the day. Until Google was just consistently better and people moved over to Google and it really hasn't relinquished its, uh, you know, its uh, toehold on on search. But I think that search is going to change. And because of that, Microsoft, OpenAI, they are coming after Google. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, first of all, we just have to reiterate Timnit was right. Um, shout out to Timnit Gabriel who like blew this whistle a long time ago and y'all took y'all, y'all silenced a black woman for telling the truth. And now the chickens are coming home to roost for y'all. Um, so we gotta, you know, just more formally make that, you know, announcement and, and, and acknowledgement. Um, and then two, like, First, I, I, number one, I just don't understand how Google, Google can be so bad at something that they should be better than everybody else at by now. But, but that's neither here nor there. The thing that really, um, concerned me was, you know, to your point, Terrence, about the fact that they've sort of eschewed all ethics concerns at this point using semantics to get around the fact that their shit don't work right. Uh, by calling it an, ex- an experiment, um, they mm. do allegedly still have some standards at the company. Um, I'm reading, I actually, uh, reading from the Bloomberg article you, you cited, it said, um, in some safety measures like child safety, engineers still need to clear the 100% threshold. So everything needs to work in order for them to roll a product out when it comes to child safety and, and how this doesn't actually apply is is way beyond my my level of comprehension because if you're if you're giving out incorrect information about things like landing planes and diving and I'm sure that extrapolates to things like a kid would search for um, and get incorrect information about potentially lethal incorrect information how do you still justify rolling this thing out if it does not pass um, at least that minimum safety threshold for child safety um, so that was kind Kind of the, the the sort of glaring thing that jumped out to me. I mean, companies you know cut corners all the time, but if you're saying you have a commitment to child safety, um, Bard is definitely not getting it, and and so that should be concerning to everybody. Although I will say, on the other hand, <laughs> I actually used Bard uh, probably about a week and a half ago because Chat GPT was overwhelmed again, um, kind of as usual, if you're not paying, um, it's kind of hard to get the, you use chat GPT for free these days. Um, so I did use bar to come up with an outline for an ebook and I thought it did a pretty good job. <laughs> I mean, I'm still using it. So I thought it did a pretty good job with that. I mean, I'm not asking it for, for information that could potentially kill me. Um, but, but yeah, Google needs to tighten up. Well, I'm curious as to why this isn't working so well for them when you, you mentioned, Rob, Google has search, you know, hands down. Nobody's competing for search right now. And they've got all of our data, years and years and years of us clicking. OK, we agree. We agree. We agree. Just to get to these websites, just to use Google services like email that record is shown. They can peek into our email. You know, we've got doc, Google Docs and 
Google Drive and I'm pretty sure they can peek in the type of data we're storing. Maybe don't know, can't read per line what's going on, but they know they have enough information and they definitely have enough money. I mean, they've got Microsoft money. You know, it's just I'm just mm-hmm. curious as to why they this is kind of why they're like, not better at this. Yeah, right. Um, right. That's what I was like. Why aren't <laughs> so, they better at this? I honestly think that Google believed that November 30th and December 1st were going to be basically the same kind of day, just cold and dark outside. They did not realize when OpenAI was going to release chat GPT that it was going to just change everything. And and really that that is what is done. It is it is arguably one of the most searched for terms right now. Everybody, not everybody, many people are looking into it, trying to figure out how to use it, what it can do. You know, just look it's just cool. It's to, it's like a new toy. How to make money off yeah. of it, how to Oh, people courses. are getting paid. Yeah. Making people. courses already. It's yeah. like, come on, y'all. Paid on the um, courses. Yeah. Chat GPT yeah, has been out for a couple months. A now you a guru. Right. You a guru all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm going to show you how to write the best prompts Oh, my ever. God. Oh, it's getting on my nerves already. Uh, I hate but, it. <laughs> but, that, but that's happening. And I just don't think that Google Amen. saw that coming. I thought they, like, this is just so, I, so the listeners understand. I don't have any inside knowledge. This is just me thinking about how could a company with the resources of Google be as far behind as it appears they might be than OpenAI is on this. And I really think that, well, they have been working on it. They've been, they've been doing the things that they've been doing, um, as open AI was. They knew what was going on over there. They didn't know that the, you know, that the last release that open AI came out with back in November was going to be what it was. They didn't know that the world was going to take notice like they did. And now they're trying to pay catch up. And one of the things that we said when we initially started talking about this story, um, or talking about, you know, just these AI bots was that Google is not afforded the opportunity to be wrong. At least that's what we thought. So they've got to be extra careful. But according to, you know, this stuff that we're reading right now, well, we're going to be extra careful with all the other stuff. But on this stuff, we're going to full, you know, go full gung ho with it because we, we need to catch up. That's what it sounds like to me when I read between the lines. So I don't know that they just get caught flat footed. You, you know, it's hard for me to believe that a company with that kind of resources wasn't thinking about this stuff, but you know, right. Um, and they had a moonshot program and and they've been doing all these crazy like it just it it would it would only make sense that that they would have been thinking about this in in a in a significant way um and been ready to kind of hit the ground running when i don't i, w- I would have thought they would have tried to be first i, right, I don't really, know yeah. I just, yeah i don't i don't know what happened and you know it's just somebody dropped the ball um and 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 Alphabet as a company just really rested on their laurels or something and just got comfortable and complacent. And it, it just, a, it's a huge loss for them. Huge loss for them. So I think that Google, as we said, it is all hands on board. They're doing whatever they can do to get out in front of open AI and their partnership with Microsoft and saying, we cannot lose to that. We, we have, we have to be better. So I think that, the, you know, they are now putting every kind of resources they can into it. They're, they they may be doing some stuff that is dangerous. It's funny that we're we're talking about this AI. I just watched a new show on Peacock called uh, I believe it's called Mrs. Johnson or Mrs. Let me tell you the name of the show specifically. Um but this show is essentially about it is it is essentially a show about um, an artificial intelligence. This show that 
is, for lack of a better word, pretty much taking over the entire world. Is it? Is it a nun? That's yeah. like the main character. I yeah. saw that preview Simone. when I was watching Bel Air. Uh, it is over the weekend, and I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I saw the preview. For it's that. weird, yeah. but it's actually interesting. I'm going to go back. There's four episodes out right now, but the thing is, is that this AI. And one of the things, and I don't want to give it away for too many people, but just think about what we're talking about. This AI has access to all of the information in history that has been written. Right. And then can make decisions based off of that. Saray said Mrs. Davis. Mrs. Davis. I'm sorry. I said the wrong name. Um, (laughs) Mrs. Davis. It it is really interesting because it's like, you know, like I'm not going to give it away. It's a brand new show. Go check it out if you if you want to look at it. But basically, this nun is essentially fighting against an A.I. that controls Earth for a lack of a better word to where, you know, it knows everything. It knows what people want. It gives people what they want. And because of that, it can get whatever it wants based off of manipulating people. Right. And. That sounds about right. And it's like, <laughs> y'all better <laughs> be careful really about good. that genie in the box. I, I've yeah. always said the cautionary tale has always been Terminator 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, soon to be 7. But now, sounds, sounds you got legit. this new joint on Peacock that you might need to worry about as well. Yeah. So here's another story here that is about big software companies. This one is Facebook. And how did you write this? Get your money or get your Facebook money? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, we don't even need to be labored. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this, uh, and because uh, I don't really know how much money anybody is is going to end up with uh, when this is all said and done. But uh, as a result of the Cambridge Analytica settlement, uh, Facebook got fined like seven hundred and twenty-five million dollars, something somewhere around a little bit close to $750 million. Um, and if you are a Facebook user in the United States, let me qualify uh, that um, you are entitled to some, some cash, you know, because of the fact that your user uh, info was compromised and your privacy was compromised. Um, if you had an account between uh, December, no, May 20. 2007 and December 2020, um, somewhere in there. But there's there's a website, Facebook. You probably saw a notification on Facebook if you if you still use Facebook at all. Um, I know I got a notification from them directly about uh, you know signing up for the class action. Uh, settlement and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, uh, Wayne said the Facebook money is like $5. It, it probably will be. I mean, based on, because they, they, they do this calculation based on the number of people who had Facebook accounts during the time frame in question. Um, how long you were on Facebook and that time, like, so if you were only on Facebook from 2018 to 2020, you get less money than somebody that was on the whole time. Um, and then they got to divide it by 725 million. Um, and there's what, 3 billion people on Facebook. So you probably aren't going to get that much money, if any. Um, but you know, listen, if, if, if you want to give Facebook even more of your personal information, <laughs> I say sign up to get this. I thought about it because I started to do it. I looked at my notifications. I was like, okay, let me, I started typing and then it got down to payment information because you had to put in whether you wanted it through like Venmo or PayPal or, you know, to your bank account. And I was like, I ain't giving Facebook that much information For the dollar and 87 cents that you get? Right, right, right. right. I was like, (laughs) you know what? I was like, never 
never mind. Never mind. We're good. We're good. They already got I'm, too I'm much assume- of my personal info as it is. I assume this is a third party that is requesting the information. I'm hoping this is not Facebook's underhanded back way to get more information because I actually went through the process. And when I saw the payment thing, I was like, what? They want me to pay them to give them to get me some money? I was like, oh, no, no, wait a minute. They're asking for my money <laughs> for my account, for information. account information. Right. Comes through. So I actually went through because I've I've been on Facebook since 2004. Now, did you go through on Facebook or did you go to Facebook privacy users? Because there's a website, Facebook user privacy settlement dot com. Well, they tell Um, you to start that way. And then in those instructions on the website, they tell you in order to get certain things like your profile, whatever, you got to go into Facebook and go into the settings thing. But as far as entering my checking information, no, I did that via the website. I didn't go into Facebook and uh, enter that information. So, um, yeah, I went through the process because I've been on Facebook since 2004. And I think I saw your TikTok where you put it out. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I've been in Facebook that long. I mm-hmm. can use the extra five or ten, twenty dollars out of going to my well, well, hold up. cash uh, savings account. Hold right. up. So so one of our, one of our patrons, uh, Wayne. He's saying that he actually went through the last class action lawsuit and got like four hundred dollars. That makes it worth it. If like I said, I was I was literally thinking it was believe it. I won't believe it until yeah. the money's in my bank account. So, <laughs> I mean, I may be willing to, to to part with some PayPal information potentially. Sign you up. No, 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 no. Let's information. Let's talk about how we can do this. Sign yourself up another PayPal account just for this. You can create multiple PayPal accounts. Um, have that money come into PayPal. Once it's in that, once it's in that, uh, you know, l- let's call it a burner PayPal account for a lack of a better word. Once the, the money hits PayPal that, <laughs> once the money hits that account, then you move it over to your other PayPal account that you actually have connected up to your bank account information. Um, and I will say, I just want to give some dates. So if you want to opt out of the settlement claim, you have until July 26th. If you want to object to the settlement claim, you have until July 26th. You have until August 25th to make a claim. So to join this class action lawsuit and make your claim to get your money, um, you have until August 25th. And the final approval hearing will be on September 7th. So don't expect any thing at least until December uh, until after September 7th um, I'm sure but you have until August 25th 2023 to make your claim to uh, get some money get your Facebook money do either of y'all know what happens to these um, class action lawsuits pools of money when people don't actually claim it because my, my gut would tell me is that most of the most people aren't going to actually go and and sign up for this. What what happens to those funds after the fact? I, I don't know. I'm just well, asking well, a question. No, no, no. I think it. what happens is it the money just gets divided by how many people oh. sign up. So if only 10 people, you know, by some miracle, only 10 people signed up, um, the money would get divided by 10. Like after mm-hmm. all the lawyers and attorneys get their money, whatever's left gets divided by however many people sign up. Oh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, okay. maybe we don't need to broadcast. Look, don't sign up, <laughs> and then I'm gonna sign up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait, wait out here dropping, uh, dropping knowledge. He he is a wonderful person because he could be costing himself some some uh you know some change. So yeah, um, so, so yeah, like I said, if if PayPal is an option, sign up a burner PayPal account, let the money hit that account, then move it over to your account that you have connected to your uh, bank account, and, and kind of go from there. Get your money, y'all. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So, y'all, this is one that I saw. I think this might actually came out today um, or a week from today. I can't remember when I saw this. But the Supreme Court of the United States will decide if public officials blocking users on social media is an affront to free speech rights. And I started thinking about this. So we're, we're talking about a public official, someone who works in the government, in the federal government um, or in state and local government, for that matter. And they have an official account, whether it be Twitter, PayPal, TikTok, whatever the case and my gut would tell me, depending on, you know, who you are, and what you stand for, there's other folks who don't like you and they're going to let you know about it often and with veracity on mm-hmm. on social media. Um, Here's the question. Can you block them now? Up until now, people have been blocking. And that's why this is now sitting at the Supreme Court. But it's an interesting question to me, because is this you know, I want to get your guys's take on this. Um, none of us are lawyers, but we all have thoughts on this. Is a public official able to block someone who is, you know, basically being a nuisance if they're not breaking the rules of the platform? They're just putting forth their speech that the person who runs the account doesn't like. Well, so you got to make the delineation. Is this the officials, the person, their account, or is it a government account? Like, you know, maybe I don't know, for example, but, you know, uh, Stephen A. Smith. You know, is that his account or does ESPN own Stephen A. Smith at Twitter, at Facebook? If it's Stephen A. Smith's account, for instance, in this case, if it's a government official and he's at if I'm a government official and I'm at Brother Tech, you know, and I just happen to work for the city of Atlanta and somebody's talking sideways at me and I block them, I should have every I should have every right to block them as a person. Now, if it's Brother Tech you know, at the tech John and tech John owns the account and I'm just the one tweeting from it and somebody's talking at me sideways and that goes against tech John's rules or whatever, 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 then yeah, I should be able, I should have to abide by those rules. But if it's just, in my opinion, if I'm just a government official, but it's my account and I created it and I managed well, see, it, and I it own it. It doesn't sound like that. In, in any of these instances that were in this article, these don't sound like personal accounts. Mm, these okay. sound like public accounts of public officials. Um, And in that instance, 
accounts, then you should not be able to block people because uh-huh. those accounts don't necessarily belong to you. You might have been the one to set it up, but but you set it up under the auspice of representing representing whatever particular entity you represent. Um, and you don't necessarily own the role. You don't own the mm-hmm. representative role. You don't yeah, own true. the school board, yeah, you know. True president of you don't own that title president of the school board you know the school board owns that so like if 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 you're doing this in an effort to relay information to the public for public communications purposes as a government official as a government official you Mm -hmm. got you got to take that i will say however though one of the cases uh in here the california case the poway case um those it, it said that that couple that sued had sent hundreds of messages to this particular public officials account now there needs to be some kind of um rules around how you get to engage um you don't get to just spam people's accounts and you don't get to be harassing and and defamatory and 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 things like that um but you should not just be able to block people unilaterally so especially if they're just especially if they just talk from a different viewpoint just because they disagree right Right now, if they threatening you and they, you know, spewing racist and hate filled and threatening stuff, you know, like you mentioned, if they trying to, you know, and that would be violating terms of the platform anyway. So you could you could get them, you know, block them based on the terms of the platform. But, you know, otherwise you got to just take that heat. Yeah, that's true. So I've I've often wondered about this and I'll bring this up. Is, is there the opportunity for it to kind of be a personal account and an official account? Because I know that there are some times when you go to a place and because you are who you are, you continue to use your account, but you're now using it for official business. Would that then fall under if you're using your personal account for official business? I, I talk about this all the time until death do you tweet. That's why you need to separate it because mm-hmm. You, because of this very thing, you have to now, you know, even like, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. You know, Tech Life Stuff has been a brand since 2012 and, um, verified on platforms and all the rest of that. However, when I started working for QVC as the rep for HP, I had a separate Facebook page just for that. And it was literally called Stephanie Humphrey, uh, HP for QVC or something kludgy mm-hmm. like that, but it needed to be separate and that needed to be the place. And I was very um, deliberate and intentional about directing anybody that cared to follow me for that purpose of seeing my HP stuff or, or for me on QVC, go to that page, you know, this tech life stuff life. This is, this is me all day. This is what I do. Um, but if you need to see anything over there, you know, I, I really, was very, you know, I tried to make sure I didn't post any QVC information on my Tech Life Steph page. Like everything was was that. And and because QVC technically owned that page and they mm-hmm. owned all that content that I posted and everything else. So you gotta you gotta keep that stuff separate, man. You yeah, like I said, separate. you know, not a lawyer, but as I thought about this, it's wait a minute. This is this is your government this is a government account. This is not your personal account. It's a government account. I don't like what you're saying, so I blocked you. I, I don't know that that's 
that that's legal. So it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. But I, I think I kind of know how this is going to, you know, how, how this is going to roll. But we'll, we'll wait until the the verdict actually comes down. And, you know, the, the decision comes down and, and see where it goes. Because there were some federal judges that ruled in favor of some of the public officials in, in some of these cases, which I thought was crazy. Um, so, yeah, Supreme Court's going to need to step in and actually do their job on this one. Yeah, I am. I am very, very pro First Amendment. You know, I'm very, very free speech person. Usually when I'm talking about it, I will say things like freedom of speech does not come without freedom from consequences mm-hmm. from said speech. But I do believe that if the government is saying, I don't like what you're saying, so I'm going to block you, that becomes problematic because, absolutely, you know, that that is that is that is someone's right to be able to tell you. And like I said, if, if they're breaking the rules of the platform, that's one thing. If they're breaking the, the rules of decorum for how the account has been set up, that's that's one thing. But if it's just somebody is annoying you because they keep I really don't like you. That was a bad decision. I really don't like you. I can't stand, you know, th- those kind of things. I don't I don't know that you should be able to block that. You got to take that heat. That's right. what you signed up for. Right. So, y'all, here's one that I stuck in here as well, where it is WhatsApp, Signal, Telegram and other messaging apps are opposing surveillance. They believe that the online safety bill, this is something that is happening over in Europe, but they believe that this online safety bill will actually make surveillance just a regular thing inside of these messaging systems. So a, a problem that they have is that if you break end-to-end encryption for anyone, you've broken it for everyone. And, sure. you know, what the government is saying is that, well, there's ways to, there's ways to get around it. Um, I wouldn't call myself a security expert, but I know an awful lot about it. And I would just say this, if you have end-to-end encryption and someone else has the ability to get into that, then you don't have end-to-end encryption. I don't think yeah, I'm, exactly. I don't think, I don't think I'm saying anything beyond the pale by saying that. So I see what their concerns are. And some of these companies are saying, if this is what's going to happen, like Proton, um, when we think of Proton, we normally think of like their email. It is interesting that the online safety bill doesn't apply to email. So you can actually have in the end encryption inside of email. They're, they're not going after that because I, I don't, I have my reasons for which wondering is, why that is. is. Weird. It's interesting, but, um, yeah. but it, we're going to leave that, you know, well, you know, we'll, we'll let that stay. But for email, it doesn't work, but Proton, they're doing some other stuff. They've got secure vaults. They've got these other things. They also use high levels of encryption in and they're saying, well, we cannot, you know, we, we, we can't, we're not, we're not going to break that to the point to where we will leave the country before we will actually succumb to these laws. And there are other companies that are saying the same thing. It's like, you know, we, we can't make it. We, we can't make an application just for your territory and then make a, you know, another application that works a different way for everybody else. Because ultimately, anyone who converses with you are now subject to less security than what we have promised them. So this one is going to be really interesting to see how this thing plays out. I was reading this article over on the BBC and a couple other places, and it's it, it looks like they're going to go to a fight on this because the government wants it one way. But I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, how can you have in end encryption, but someone else can actually get into that? That 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 means you don't have in end encryption. So I want to get you guys to start on that. And, well, you, again, you know, you do it for one thing, you'll end up doing it for a lot of things. According to the story in the BBC, the government official or officials are saying, and I quote, 
tech companies have a moral duty to ensure they are not blinding themselves and law enforcement to the unprecedented levels of child sexual abuse on their platforms. So for this story, for that quote, they are drilling down and being very, very specific on how they on what type of content tech companies should not blind themselves to child sexual abuse. So that leads you to believe that the government is saying, oh, we don't just don't want to watch everybody and anybody's text messages. We don't want to break into encryption for just rando stuff, just specifically child sexual abuse. But you know what they say about power? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. So you cannot tell me that government officials will be like, hey, we just want it just for child sexual abuse. And then, oh, but yeah, uh, this too. And then, oh, yeah, this too. And then, oh, yeah, we want to add this before. Now you got a long list of things that they trying to they want to want to request. It's like I, I get it. However, again, as somebody who talks about this on a regular basis, the the enormity of child sexual abuse material on the Internet cannot be overstated. Like it, it, it's so bad. Um, I would almost be willing to forego and give up my own end to end encryption if it meant that we could make even the slightest dent in the amount of CSAM that hits the internet on a daily basis. I mean, it, it is, it's really, 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 really awful. I mean, just beyond, I think our scope of imagination. Um, I'm actually, cause I, I just say, cause I'm actually writing an ebook right now about internet safety and have just been digging into statistics recently. And, and the idea that there are upwards of a million predators online every day, all like at any given moment, like it just, it, it, it like it just, it's it's that bad that I understand why the government feels yeah, like these sure. types of drastic measures need to be taken. And sure. and in the absence of the platforms themselves doing anything about it, somebody got to do something. You know, sure. is this the answer? Maybe, maybe not. But that ain't the answer either. You know what I mean? Leaving these children vulnerable ain't the answer either. So right. no, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, just from a technical standpoint, what would have to happen here is that you're going to have to have this content, this ultimately can be sent over these messaging platforms has to be scanned before it's encrypted. So I think that that would, you know, say to a, to a telegram or to a website, you need to fundamentally change the way your application works so that if anyone puts any content, in your app before you encrypt it to sit, you know, and, and allow right. that, that message to go somewhere else. You need to run it through, you know, the CSAM databases to figure out if that content actually is something that we yeah, don't but, want to be encrypted. As soon as that defeats yep, the purpose of encryption, it, it kind of defeats oh, well, the purpose. Not, of, not only that, Apple tried it and we was like, nah, we don't want that. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Apple yeah. tried that same things. Like they right. created this thing that's going to scan these pictures and people heard what scan pictures. No. True. And Apple was yeah. like, all right, our bad. True. We tried. Um, and, and, and I understand it. So, so hold up the picture of my newborn that I sent to my parents that gets flagged potentially. Right. 
right in the bathtub. Nah, nah, yeah. son, I'm I'm not having that. So that that's exactly. I'm glad you brought that up, Terry, because that's exactly what I was thinking. I don't know that that's going to work. So it's it's I it's going to be interesting to see how the how, how this plays out because Stephanie, I get where you are coming from. I'm I'm kind of there like, with why you. Do people suck so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. If it wasn't for the humans, we would be all be cool. Hey. <laughs> we would all we be cool. The it's the humans like, that is messing this stuff up. Step in. Maybe the AI will be able to step in and 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 and, mm. and do something. I I don't like know. And maybe maybe that's the I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the answer um to get around the idea. I think when we think about oh, we don't want people looking at our messages um and and we want them encrypted, maybe Maybe the idea that AI scans the messages before they get sent or, or as a result of something, maybe that makes it, makes it sit better with people. If it's not a human being that's actually looking at your content, it's this AI tool that was trained on this CSAM data set. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, know. I don't want the robots to find out how <laughs> trash we are because they're going to be like, all right, just kill them all. Trash. Just kill them all. Let's just kill them all. all. Exactly. Get you know, all. They're, they're, they're horrible. <laughs> Here's a real talk on this too. We say AI can do it, but Stephanie, I would imagine that you probably have problem with AI that is 10,000% less accurate for you than it is for white right. men. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Because if you think about it, at some point, Somebody had to say, this is 10,000%, you know, worse for black women than it is for white men, but we're cool cool with that. Let's go ahead and use it. Yeah. So when I start to look at those things, I I have, I have been stuck on this quote. I cannot believe what you say because I see what you do. I've been, I've been stuck on it. I've been saying it for probably the past couple of months, but it's like, if, if we know that that was okay then what is going to be okay when it comes to how these CSAM databases are looking at black children as compared to looking at Caucasian children, looking at, you know, um, Latino children as compared to, you know, all those things kind of come into it. So the problem that becomes that even if you try to build this into your application, although the people who are looking at this content are the most horrible people in the world, and I believe that they should be put under the jail if they get caught for doing this kind of stuff. They're not necessarily idiots in the sense that, oh, wait a minute, I'm just not going to use this app. I'll use this other app that gets around this in in a way that I think I'm going to protect myself. I think when you try to chase technology with a law, the law is always going to be a step behind because by the time, you know, if, if you could get we could say, you know what, we decided this today and it's a law tomorrow. Then you got until maybe next week before somebody figures it out. But the way laws really work is that, well, we're, you know, we're going to put this in a law. It goes into effect in April of 2024. Right. Well, before we even and get to April of 2024, they've they, 12 yeah, times. Exactly. Yeah. By the time it actually goes into effect, we've already moved to some other technology that the law didn't exactly cover. So you still have a problem. And I think, Karen, that goes back to your point about the slippery slope. It's like, well, when you let this in, what, where are you going to let that in? When you let that in, are you going to let these things in? When you let these things in, well, you might as well let these things in. I think mm-hmm. that uh, I, I just I, I'm not sure how they're going to do this without saying it is illegal to have in an encryption. And I just I just don't know unless the whole earth is 
in on and that. And then what's going to happen is that, you know, these apps just won't be available for people in the UK. They're not, I don't believe they're yeah. going to cave and, and 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 offer some unencrypted version just to them and and not everybody else so they yeah they just the uk is just going to miss out on whatsapp basically which is going to be crazy right so as tanner said we we actually are i should say apple tried to do this it didn't go well at all this is you know this kind of stuff wouldn't really fly over here but what is kind of flying over here and we need to talk about is the restrict act and Stephanie, I believe you stuck this one in here where you said that, you know, the Restrict yeah. Act is going to be a problem, too. So I started reading through some of these things. I actually read uh, and watch this. I read something on Reuters about this. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 you know, I'm smiling as I say that because for those for those who don't know, I had a hard time saying saying Reuters. Of course, Stephanie had to. Okay, Rob, I gotta edit, I gotta edit you. You, you, you gotta, you gotta say this. You gotta say this name, this news organization the right way. I can't let you go right out way. like that. I can't yeah, let so you go could, out like that. And I appreciate it because like, uh, that, that was, that was funny. Many people said, bro, you didn't know it was called Reuters. No, clearly I didn't because I was saying it all kind of wrong to the point where I annoyed my host. But, uh, but anyway, I saw even something in Reuters about this. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what the Restrict Act is and why this could be problematic for U.S. based companies. So the Restrict Act is the restricting the emergence of security threats that risk information and communications technology act. They really tried super, super hard to make that restrict acronym work, uh, in this context. Um, it, it is, uh, proposed under, under Congress. I, I feel like it got passed, but I'm not exactly sure um, whether it has been passed or not. It got introduced on March 7th, um, but I feel like it has been passed. But the stated purpose of the act is to limit national security risks by allowing the Department of Commerce to review, block, and mitigate transactions involving foreign information and communications technology that pose undue risk. So it's going to make it easier for the U.S. government to ban or force the sale of specific software or equipment from certain countries if it's deemed to to pose a spying risk. Um, And, you know, it it really just is this vague blanket Mm, language. Yeah. Mm. That, you know, the the countries affected obviously would, would, would be China, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and Venezuela. Cuba, they still bothered with Cuba. Yeah. Still bothered with, bother with Cuba. And, go. and, and still <laughs> reserve the right to add other countries to this list if, if so, you know, if they are so inclined. Um, the technology that they were talking about is any technology, internet hosting services, satellite payloads, mobile apps, as long as they are used by more than one million people in the United States. Um, this was basically what was you know, how they were going to enact the TikTok ban because TikTok would fall under um, this restrict act. But I mean, basically anything falls under this act, honestly. Um, and, you know, I think that is most people's objection is that it just is so broad and it really gives some very small um, parts of the government like unilateral power. I don't think Congress has a ton of oversight um, over this once it gets enacted. I think it's just executive power that that can make these choices and say yay or nay. Um, so it, there's there's a lot of issues around it. Uh, I know a lot of people were concerned about the idea of VPNs of using a virtual private network after this law would to go were to, if it were to go in effect. Um, 
you know, because there's nothing in the law that says that the government can't come after individuals who violate the terms of the act. So if I was to download a VPN so I can continue using TikTok, am I now subject to, you know, potential prosecution by the federal government for, for doing so? So way, way too many more questions than answers, um, with this law. And the fact that you know, the things that the law claims to want to try to protect against are things that every platform is doing. So can we get our arms around the ones right here in our own backyard? Um, and then maybe if we had, you know, real privacy protections under the law, a lot of this concern would go away. So here's my thought on this. And why, why the company, the companies, the countries that they are targeting specifically with this. And I think that on some level, they're saying, you know what? Yeah, we know that we have some companies in the United States that are doing exactly the same thing, but that's, those are our folks. This, this basically messing up over people's, uh, you know, messing over people's security over their data, over their, over their privacy. When it comes to a foreign actor doing this, a, a company that the company may actually be the state, we ain't trying to roll with that. That That is how I think that they are rationalizing this. Now, that creates still all kind of problems because, you know, you could have companies here that are doing exactly the same thing that you're worried about and sending that data to places where we don't want the data to be sent. We We saw this happen with Facebook. Facebook is a U.S. based company. We saw it happen with the Facebook. The reason why yeah. the class action lawsuit that we talked about two exactly. topics yeah. ago was as a result <laughs> of Facebook, a company in the United States, taking wah, our data wah. and selling it to government actions. So that this f- flies directly in the face of the idea that inside the company, uh, inside the country, do what you got to do. Outside the country, oh, we got we to right. do all this stuff. And you know what I think do it comes down stuff. to? It's some, at some level, you can, you know, you can go to court with Facebook and make them have to pay, seven, what was it, $727 million? Uh, whatever, whatever that's, I can't remember the exact number. It was over $700 million. You You can do that. But how do you do that with Venezuela? Well, maybe with Venezuela. You, how do you do that with China? How do you go and say, yeah, you, you know, TikTok was doing X, Y, and Z, and we have determined you owe us $1.3 billion. And China just says, uh, no, don't wait don't. for, don't wait for that check to clear. <laughs> no, we don't. In fact, I in fact, we so, in fact, we so don't owe you the money. We want our money back on all these bonds we don't buy. Uh, you know, th- that's the kind of stuff that I think that maybe they're, they're thinking about here. There's really no way you can go after a country. A sovereign country because you don't like what an application coming out of that country is doing. So they're saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to give the opportunity to just completely block that or force that company to be sold uh, outside of this list of countries that we don't roll with. That's the only thing that I can think here because you're exactly right. It's like we've seen this happen with Cambridge Analytica and Facebook. You know, the things that we're worried about, well, is the reason we're worried about it because it has happened. It, th- these are things that have actually happened. And the only thing that is different between Facebook and TikTok is that we can't, all we can do is block TikTok and say, you can't use that app here. You can't necessarily go after them in Beijing and say, you owe us this money. Now they may want to pay it. They want to continue to run here, but I just, I don't, I don't 
think that that is going to roll at the state actor level, which is maybe why they're saying that this is what we have to do for these countries that are not necessarily our friends. And and you you put it like you said it. They're not our friends, right? Because according to this, like like um, Stephanie mentioned, growing concerns with consumer software from vendors in the People's Republic of China, ByteDance's TikTok, Tencent's WeChat, and Alibaba's Alipay. Specifically, the further illuminating these concerns, the top two apps by absolute download in the United States. Uh, were from uh, vendors Timu and ByteDance. So it sounds like, well, the question I have is, does the United States really care about our data and really care about our privacy and really concerned about the well-being of Americans' usage of social media and, 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 and preventing and from these companies, these countries rather, from getting their data or is the United States and the government's like, ah, we need a we need a way to dig at China. Let's just do this. Just to dig at China, not necessarily concerned about, oh, we're so concerned about all this data. They're like, how we No, they they China? don't they don't <laughs> if they cared, we would have a GDPR, a version of GDPR here in the United States. If 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 mm-hmm. the US actually cared about citizen privacy um and all that kind of thing. This 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 is their workaround to get at TikTok. I mean, it, like it really is a pretty much TikTok and Huawei um, at the same time. It's like we would have a GDPR if 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 our privacy and our data was was the was the main concern and the main focus. Mm-hmm. We can't have that because that affects all companies. We don't we're not concerned, like I said, we're exactly. not concerned about our homegrown mess. We're concerned about the, the mess from outside of our borders. Exactly. And that, that's that's why this is. So, y'all, it has been a while. We have not done a spotlight. I don't want to. I think we, we may have done one in March, but we may have to go all the way back to Black History Month to the last time we had a spotlight. But, uh, Steph, you came up with a spotlight for this week. Mr. Leo D. Sullivan, why don't you go ahead and tell us about Mr. Sullivan? Alrighty. Leo D. Sullivan, an animator, designer, writer, and director whose trailblazing career spanned more than 60 years, died on March 25th, unfortunately, due to heart failure at age 82. Part of the latter 20th century vanguard of Black American animators, Sullivan worked on iconic series such as Fat Albert, the Scooby-Doo franchise, Beanie and Cecil, Flash Gordon, The New Adventures of Mighty Mouse, My Little Pony, and The Transformers, as well as the animated intro for Soul Train, the Soul Train. (laughs) Towards the turn of the millennium, he helped bring the 90s favorites Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs to the screen. Oh my God, I was in love with Animaniacs and Tiny Toon, Um, as well as Tasmania, Sea Bear and Jamal, The Incredible Hulk, Dumb and Dumber, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Adventures animated series. Born in Lockhart, Texas, Sullivan moved to Los Angeles in 1952 and got an early start in the animation business, scoring a gig as a runner for Looney Tunes legend Bob Clampett, working his way up the ladder at Bob Clampett Productions to become a cell polisher, then an artist and animator. He went on to work for other top studios such as Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers. In 1960, Sullivan joined forces with former Disney animator and fellow icon of black animation 
organization Floyd Norman to form Vignette Films, where the duo created films designed to educate American students about important figures in Black history. The studio partnered with L.A. television station KIIX-TV, creating a number of logo animations and commercials, including the first logo for Soul Train. Educating and inspiring Black children and youth was of great importance to Sullivan, who went on to found Leo Sullivan Multimedia and its namesake foundation dedicated to teaching animation and video game development to kids. Through LSM, Sullivan launched the Afro Kids brand, which carries the mission of building Black children's self-esteem and cultural awareness. The, the brand includes an interactive website and VOD channel. Sullivan was twice honored with an award of recognition uh, with Norman from the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame and won an Emmy Award as a timing director in 1992. Just last summer, Sullivan joined Norman to form the centerpiece of Nickelodeon Paramount Animation's Great Day in Animation Photo, recreating the iconic 1958 Art Kane photo of jazz musicians, A Great Day in Harlem, but with black animation professionals. Sullivan is survived by his wife, Ethelyn, who was his partner in both life and profession as part of Vignette, LSM, and AfroKids. He had a daughter, Tina Coleman, and a son, Leo D. Sullivan Jr. So rest in peace, Leo D. Sullivan. When when you put that in there, and I said this in our, you know, when we were in the green room, where do I know that name from? Because I'm not really like into like comics and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. where, where do I know that name from? Oh, Fat Albert. Listen. So, yeah, Fat Albert. I, you know, yeah, I do remember seeing his name come up in credits of Fat Albert. So, so yeah, so rest in peace. And then Animaniacs. It's time yeah. for Animaniacs. That was an excellent. Uh, Animaniacs. And then <laughs> before that, Danger Mouse. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Danger Mouse was my shit. <laughs> Danger Mouse. <laughs> So, y'all, we did not have a new patron this week. But for anyone who would like to become a patron, anyone who would like to support the show, as we said at the beginning of the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john. That is the tech J A W N, where you can basically help support the show so we can bring this tech to you the way that we bring it to you. So, with that, Tech Life Steph, why don't you tell the folks how to get at you? So, I have an announcement to make. Um, May the 4th, may the 4th be with all of us and you, um, I will be debuting the new website, um, but I'm going to do it in an Instagram live AMA style. So ask me anything. I'm going to do some giveaways. I got some new stuff popping and we got the new website launching. Um, so I would hope you can all join me on May the 4th. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Instagram Live, where you will finally see the new website. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to be give, giving some stuff away and just, you know, chopping it up with folks uh, in an AMA. But for now, you can follow me all around the web at Steph. <laughs> All right. And you can find me all over the Internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John, The Tech J-A-W-N on all the things. So come and holla at us wherever you holla. Until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.